0: Chapter Sixty Two of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Sixty Two A Savage Artist. The ensanguined skull was the first object that caught my eye the dead man was easily identified the body short plump and rotund could be no other than that of the unfortunate irishman his jacket had been stripped off but some tattered remnants of sky-blue still clinging to his legs aided me in identifying him poor fellow the lure of californian metal had proved an ill star for him his golden dream Was at an end. He was lying along the sward, upon his side, half doubled up. I could not see his face. His hands were over it, his palms spread out, as if shading his eyes from the sun. It was a position of ordinary repose, and one might have fancied him asleep. But the gory crown and red mottling upon the shirt, seemingly still wet forbade the supposition. He slept, but it was the sleep of death. My eyes wandered in search of the others. There were fires burning. They were out upon the plain, some three hundred yards from the base of the butte. They had been lately kindled, for their smoke was rising in thick columns, part of it falling again to the earth. Around the fires and through the smoke, the forms of the indians they appeared to be cooking and feasting some of them staggering over the ground kept up an incessant babble at intervals varying their talk with savage hoops others danced around accompanying their leaps with the monotonous he 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 ya. all appeared to have partaken freely of the fire water of Taos. a few more seriously disposed were grouped around four or five prostrate forms, evidently the bodies of their slain. The two we had shot from their horses must have been amongst these, since they were no longer to be seen where they had fallen. Those around the bodies stood hand in hand, chanting the dismal death song. Not far from the fires a group fixed my attention. It consisted of three figures, all in attitudes as different as it was possible to place them in. He who lay along the ground upon his back was the young hunter Wingrove. He still wore his fringed buckskin shirt and leggings, and by these I recognized him. He was at too great a distance for his features to be distinguished. He appeared to be bound hand and foot, with his ankles lashed together and his wrists tied behind his back. He was thus lying upon his arms, in an irksome position. But the attitude showed that he was alive. I knew it already. Some half-dozen paces from him was the second form, difficult to be recognized as that of a human being, though it was one. It was the body of Jeff the Bigelow, its very oddness of shape enabled me to identify it odder from the attitude in which i now beheld it it was lying flat along the grass face downward the long ape-like legs and arms stretched out to their full extent both as to length and width and radiating from the thin trunk like spokes from the nave of a wheel viewing it from my elevated position this attitude appeared all the more ludicrous though it was easy to perceive that it was not voluntary the numerous pegs standing up from the sward and the cords attached to them and leading to the arms and limbs showed that the spread eagle position was a constrained one that it was sure shot i had no doubt The spare locks of clay-coloured hair were playing about in the breeze, and some remnants of bottle-green still clung around his limbs. But without these, the spider-like frame was too characteristic to be mistaken. I was glad to see those yellowish tufts. They told that the wearer still lived, as was also made manifest by the fact of his being bound. A dead body? would not have merited such particular treatment it was the third figure of this group that most strongly claimed my attention i saw that it was not that of a warrior though quite as tall as many upon the plain but the contour of the form was different as was the fashion of the garments that draped it it was the figure of a woman had i not been guided in my conjectures by a certain foreknowledge by the illusions that had occurred in the speeches of red hand i should never have dreamt of identifying that form forewarned by these the apparition was not unexpected the woman was suwanee she was standing erect by the prostrate form of the young hunter her head slightly bent and her face turned towards him an occasional motion of her arm showed that she was speaking to him the gesture seemed to indicate a threat was it possible that in that dread hour she was reviling him i was at too great a distance either to hear her words or note the expression upon her face Only by the dumb show of her gesticulations could I tell that a scene was passing between them. A glance around the plain enabled me to note some other changes that had recently taken place. The horses of the Indians were now picketed upon the grass, and browsing peacefully, as if the clangor of strife had never sounded in their ears. I could see my own Arab a little apart with Wingrove's horse, and the mules all in the charge of a horse-guard who stood sentry near them the wagon was still by the base of the mound the cedars along its sides were yet unburnt i thought that the flames had consumed them but no the object of their fires had been to blind us with their smoke thus to drive us from our position and facilitate our capture i was not permitted to make these observations without interruption the savage who had stood by me had a duty to perform and during all this time he was busied in its performance a singular and inexplicable operation it had first appeared to me his initiatory act was to blacken my body from the waist upward including my face throat and arms the substance used appeared to be a paste of charcoal which he rubbed rudely over my skin a circle upon my breast that traced out by the blade of the chief was left clear but as soon as the black ground had been laid on a new substance was exhibited of snow-white colour resembling chalk or gypsum with this after the blood had been carefully dried off The circular space was thickly coated over until a white disk, about as large as a dining plate, showed conspicuously on my breast. A red spot in the centre of this was necessary to complete the escutcheon, but the painter appeared at a loss for the colour and paused to reflect. Only a moment did he remain at fault. He was an ingenious artist, and his ingenuity soon furnished him with an idea. Drawing his knife and sticking the point of it some half-inch deep into the fleshy part of my thigh, he obtained the required carmen. and after dipping his finger in the blood and giving it a dab in the centre of the white circle, he stood for a short time, contemplating his work. A grim smile announced that he was satisfied with it, and uttering a final grunt, the swarthy appellate... Leaped down from the platform and disappeared from my sight. A horrid suspicion had already taken possession of my soul, but I was not left long to speculate upon the purpose for which I had been thus bedaubed. The suspicion gave place to certainty. Upon the plain directly in front of me and at less than a hundred yards distance from the butte, the warriors were collecting in groups. The Red Hand with his underchiefs had already arrived there, and the other Indians were forsaking the fires and hurrying up to the spot. They had left their lances apart, standing upright on the plain, with their shields, bows, and quivers leaning against them, or suspended from their shafts. The only weapons taken along with them to the common rendezvous were the muskets, with these they were now occupying themselves apparently preparing them for use i saw them mark out a line upon the grass by stretching a lasso between two upright pegs i saw them wiping loading and priming their pieces in short going through all the preliminary maneuvers observed by marksmen preparing for a trial of skill then burst on me in all its broad reality the dread horror for which I was reserved. Then did I comprehend the design of that white circle with its center of red. The savages were about to hold a shooting match. My own bosom was to be their target. End of chapter 62 Recording by John Brandon